0: And I was shocked because I was not expecting that. So yeah, I think it's a lot more common than we think because it's one of those things that people don't want to talk about.
1: I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues, We all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for tuning into another episode here on the podcast. I'm so excited to share this session with you, which is all about partners sleeping in separate beds. And I'm sitting with the Mom Room podcast host, Renee. And I just know so many people are going to benefit from hearing about this conversation. So here's the thing. When it comes to any of these kinds of conversations with our partners, so if you have a need or a desire or a wish or something needs to shift for you, like sleeping in a separate room, oftentimes we get stuck in the what. And the what is managing the mental load, the dishes, um, sleeping in separate beds, needing rest, needing a break. And I think what's important to emphasize is that actually it's not so much about the what it is that we are communicating, but rather it's how we are communicating what it is that we feel, need, and desire. I know so many people get stuck in negative communication patterns and those tricky cycles where we just walk away from conversations feeling like we're having the same fight over and over again. If you are looking to shift out of these tricky patterns and to improve your communication and connection in your relationship, join me in my online program, Be Connected. I teach women and couples how to change the mental load, let go of resentment and overwhelm, and ultimately build a stronger connection with their partners. I had a member join in the past few months who signed up for a month wanting to test it out. And after the first month said, I'm going to join for the whole year because she found the Q&A call incredibly helpful, answering a stuck point with where her and her partner were. She found the lessons and the guides super helpful. And what was also a bonus was that her partner decided to join in as well, seeing that they're busy with two young children. They were able to make time to do the guides together and start talking about what, was happening in the relationship. Go over to drtracyd.mykajabi.com forward slash join, or go to drtracyd.com. It's at the top of my webpage to read more about my online program, Be Connected. Let's go into today's episode with Renee. Renee finished her PhD in psychology just days before quarantine in March, 2020. While home with her toddler, she gained a large following on TikTok and Instagram with her honest and relatable mom content. In July, 2020, she launched the Mom Room podcast, which has been at the top of the parenting charge since its release. Renee is normalizing the Ups and downs of motherhood, and changing the narrative of what it means to be a mom. Renee, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I'm so honored to have you sit with me here. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. And for those who don't know, um, I have also appeared on Renee's podcast, The Mum Room Podcast. Um, so we've had a, a chance to sit and chat before. But before we get started. And a topic that I think so many people are going to benefit from. Let's just start by you telling us how did you get here with where you are? Your story is so cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I had Milo during so Tracy and I actually did our PhDs at the same school. Yes. Um, different years though. You were two years in 2013. I graduated. So okay. So before I was just starting my PhD in 2012. So
1: yes. yeah. Okay. And so we had similar supervisors. Yeah. And our labs overlapped. Exactly. Which is so cool. Yes. Yeah. So um in
0: during my PhD, when I was almost finished, I just had basically like revisions of my dissertation to do and then to do the oral defense, which is like the scary part of a PhD, Mm -hmm. Um, we had Milo. So I decided to take the full 12 months of the maternity leave from the program, Mm -hmm. just focused on Milo. Um, And then after my maternity leave, Milo started daycare. At this time, we were living in the GTA And then I finished up my PhD, did my defense, and then three days, literally, I think it was three or five days after I did my dissertation defense in Ottawa, Toronto shut down for Mm -hmm. quarantine. So it was kind of like, you know, congratulations, you finished your PhD and now you're going to be stuck at home with your toddler.
1: Yes. Yeah. So March, 2020, which is just wild. I think so many of us can remember that feeling of kids home. Everything's changing.
0: Yeah. And my husband is a physician, so he continued on with his regular work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was really just me home by myself with Milo. Um, yeah, my husband's on call a lot. So yeah, it was a lot. And so during quarantine, I didn't have any school stuff to do because I was finished now. Um, I fell into TikTok, which I had. Which the whole world did at that time, right? <laughs> yes. So I had. It's so funny because the previous fall, I kept hearing about TikTok. And like I think Ellen DeGeneres had talked about it on her show. And I was like, what is this thing? Like everybody's talking about it. So around Christmas time, I. Downloaded the app and my Instagram account was the Mom Room at the time because during my maternity leave I was writing blogs and some Instagram content about things I was experiencing in motherhood after having Milo mm-hmm. because it was kind of like wow this is a lot yeah um, so then I made sure that I got my my handle on TikTok but then I didn't touch it and I was like this is weird I don't know how to use it. Um, and then in quarantine, I was like, this is the perfect time to start making TikToks. So basically what I did was create these little funny, some some serious TikToks on all the topics that I would write about on my blog. And then also that I would talk about on Instagram and kind of take the trends that were happening on TikTok and redo them in like a mom life kind Mm -hmm. of way. And so TikTok grew pretty quickly over um, quarantine. And then I started the podcast. And when the world started kind of going back to normal, my husband and I just decided that I would keep doing what I was doing and so that's what I'm doing now long story but that's that's how
1: I'm here which I think is so I really appreciate the space that you've created because every time I come to one of your TikToks or your IG posts I'm like yes that is an experience I can relate to. It's an experience my clients can relate to. And just this normalization of how hard motherhood is, how difficult it is, how we lose our sense of self, how our relationships change. That's something that you have so willingly shared with people that I think helps us to, in a time where so many of us felt alone and Mm -hmm. felt lonely, not, I mean, you put you put motherhood on its on its own that's a really difficult time we feel lonely we you know we don't feel connected to ourselves to the people to our partner but then you add the pandemic on top of that and that just exacerbated yeah. those feelings and so that's something that i really appreciate about this space that you've created it's just this sense of like oh okay like this is funny someone else experiences this and i'm not alone
0: yeah and there's lots of topics that it's almost frowned upon to, you know, like I think a lot of moms are afraid to say anything negative about motherhood
1: right? because
0: yeah. of what other people
1: will think, right? right? Like what someone else is going to think of me if I were to share this. Yes.
0: Yes. And also the idea that I think often, I think it's getting better now, but on social media, on Pinterest, even in people's real life relationships when nobody is sharing the negative stuff or the difficult, like the struggles, like the, the hard parts of being a mom, Mm -hmm. then you feel like you can't share it either. So you're like, nobody else feels this way. So you think that you're the only one. And you know, if you say something like I used to always think, oh, like, are people going to think that I hate
1: being a mom just mm-hmm. because I have these difficult moments? Right. Um, and it's these, not the case. These like, human difficult moments, right? Like these difficult yes. moments make you so human that this misbelief that somehow motherhood is all joy and you're not yeah. supposed to have any of those hard feelings. And then when we put that pressure on top of us, those feelings just become bigger when we kind of mm-hmm. try to contain them in a box, right? support for today's episode comes from cozy earth you know i am all about caring for ourselves especially in these busy years with our young kids we are pulled in so many directions but i think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us i should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code, it's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature-regulating technology which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year, and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft, and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to Cozy earth.com and use promo code shrink for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with cozy earth support for today's episode comes from loop earplugs For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom, and instead, my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using loop engaged to help dampen the sound around me and these loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation i still hear greg i can still hear the kids i love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher, or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com slash I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's dot com slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Yeah, for sure. So I,
0: for whatever reason, I don't mind sharing like these real life situations with people. And then also what I do a lot is when I do go through a difficult situation, I will reflect on that situation and think like, why did I feel that way? Like, how could Mm. this situation have turned out differently? Like, what did I do that didn't help the situation? What did my husband do? Like, you know, like really think about what was going on. Yeah. And I think during quarantine, especially, like I had so many realizations and I was like, wow, this must be what stay-at-home parents feel like often, you know, with the other with their partner going working full-time and they're mm-hmm. staying home with the kids. Like it was difficult. And there were lots of, yeah, like just aha moments.
1: Yeah. And, and Renee, I think what you're already touching on there for today's conversation is around one of those taboo topics that people mm-hmm. don't want to talk about. It's kind of twofold there. One is relationships, you know, can, for those who are listening, ask yourself, when was the last time I actually shared something difficult about my relationship with a friend, right? Probably not often. Um, But then the other piece I want to talk to you about today is around sleeping in separate bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, first, when you shared that in your community, what, what were other people's reactions? What were your followers' reactions and comments to you sharing that? It's so
0: funny because the reaction was not what I expected.
1: Hmm. There
0: was, I I think it was a TikTok that I initially put out and like, we had been sleeping separately for a while. And I just never said anything because I was like, I don't want, again, I don't want people to assume that, you know, we have a crappy relationship because we don't. Um, And I knew that that's what people would think. Or of course, people are going to think, oh, they must never have sex because Mm -hmm. they don't physically sleep next to each other at night
1: which is the shame that comes up with this conversation though right is that people don't want to talk about it because there's so much shame behind it that somehow there's something faulty in our relationship and actually (laughs) sorry of course I'm losing my voice today um but (laughs) I had found a 2017 survey from the National Sleep Foundation actually found that one in four sleep in separate beds Uh uh-huh which is a pretty high number
0: It's, and that's when I posted that TikTok, the comments, there was hundreds and hundreds of comments of people like, yep, us too, me too. Like we haven't slept together in years and like we have a great relationship. And I was shocked because I was not expecting that. So yeah, I think it's a lot more common than we think because it's one of those things that people don't want to talk about. And I remember so vividly, as a child, having a friend whose parents didn't sleep together. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh, wow, like, mm-hmm. are they going to get a divorce? Like, right. as a child, that's what I'm thinking. Yes, um, of
1: course, because that that's the messaging around what it means yes. to be in a loving relationship. I'm so glad you brought that up. And it's so interesting that you had that experience, which I think many of us do in the sense of what does it mean to be in a loving relationship? It means you have to sleep in the same bed.
0: Yes. It's wild. And as an adult, my parents often don't sleep in the same bed or like my mom will get up in the middle of the night and like go sleep on the couch. Mm -hmm. My dad is a silent sleeper, but my mom snores. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so Yeah. Like, and snoring is normal. Let's normalize snoring. Women also snore.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So I think a lot of couples, same with my sister and her fiance, Mm -hmm. like they oftentimes don't sleep in the same, same bed, same room because of like snoring. And so, yeah, it's been kind of normalized for me as an adult, but thinking back of my thoughts as a child, that's what I was thinking like, Oh, right. People are on their way to a divorce if they're not sleeping in the same bed.
1: So there's actually a term for this. I was doing some, some reading about sleeping in separate beds and the term is called sleep divorce. And it has a lot of stigma to it. And what that means is that sleeping apart is necessarily, which is a really important word in this definition, a sign of a loveless and sexless union, right? Mm -hmm. Like how much stigma does that bring to it? And I think this is really why I wanted to have this conversation of, well, let's talk, let's bust through that, that myth and stigma there. That just because you prioritize sleep, which is so important in your relationship in you as a parent, um, you in your own mental health to function well, right? We need sleep and rest. Um, It doesn't put those two things together.
0: Yeah. my, experience with like my husband and I's experience. Um, I have, if people are curious, I went through on episode 44 of my podcast, I went through like our entire sleep journey, like from sleeping together when we were dating and what that was like. And then, you know, when we were living together and then, um, when I was pregnant and then after we had Milo, because we did sleep together in the same bed up until we had Milo and up until Milo was sleeping in his own crib. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've gone through like all the different stages Mm -hmm. and I don't think for like, for me, especially sleep was not such a priority until it was not in my control anymore. So being a grad student, and my husband was a physician. We would go to bed at a normal time, and if you know he got called in in the middle of the night, it wasn't a big deal. Like I could just go to bed early the next day, or like take a chill day. You know what I mean? Like you had more control over both your sleeping and your daytime. But once Overall you over all of child, your behaviors,
1: essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your choices. And once,
0: yeah once you have a child, that's not an option anymore. And it's like, I know that the next day I'm going to be going nonstop. And I know that the next night I'm also going to be getting up three to four times, you know, like it's, there's no kind of um, like, oh, well tomorrow I'm just going to rest or Mm -hmm. yeah. So sleep became very important to me. And so that is when we started sleeping separately because people will probably find this, you know, shocking, but my husband would off, would sleep with the monitor upstairs and I would sleep in the guest room downstairs with a sound machine on so that I could sleep all night because my husband is like a gifted sleeper. And so if he got up to feed Milo quickly, he could easily fall back asleep, whereas right. I would be up for hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that's I interesting, like Renee. Because what
1: you're also saying there too is you're you're taking out that default parent piece, right? Where the default parent does everything, and yeah. you're you're saying I have to prioritize sleep, and we can use our negotiation skills to navigate through this difficult time to make sure that, however he is as a person, that he can show up well, and you can show up well. So you get yeah. your sleep, and we know that the labor you do the next day with with your son is taxing and exhausting and you need sleep and rest for that
0: yeah for sure and that's what I always say like you have to do what works best for you like how Mm -hmm. can you as a team navigate this difficult time Mm -hmm. so for us just based on my husband's sleeping skills (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what worked for us. Right. Um, you know, if he was operating the next day or something, then I would sleep with the monitor, but yeah, that's what worked for us. And we still do that. But I did for a while, I was like, okay, when are we going to sleep in the same bed again? You know, like starting mm-hmm. to feel that societal pressure right? or even just pressure on myself. Like, are we ever going to sleep in the same bed again? Like what, like, what is going on? And then we tried for like a week and I was like, no, I'm not mm-hmm. ready to
1: do it yet. <laughs> I, I really like that you're sharing this sort of progression of what sleep looks like in our relationship. And that oftentimes what people do, especially let's think of attachment styles, someone who's more anxious attachment. And if there's distance in a relationship distance as we aren't spooned together every night distance as we're sleeping you know on the different sides of beds because it's better to snuggle a pillow than to be cranked into the arm or distance as in separate beds that that distance for someone who's more anxious really feels threatening and scary Mm -hmm. and instead we can say relationships Change over time, you aren't going to be snuggled in the way you were when you first started dating, right? The limerence period, the honeymoon stage of your relationship. That's just not possible. Yeah. 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 It changes. We, so we've recently had several periods of me sleeping, and we called our dream suite in the basement. So one day we, it was maybe four nights. I really needed my rest and sleep for the work I was doing the next day. Needed a clear mind. And my son likes to wake up several times in the night. And if we're disturbed, it's hard for us to fall back to sleep. And we actually had that moment of coming together and saying, we're okay though, right? Like this is this is a stage, this is a season. And we both had said, yeah, this is, this is just what we need to do to be well right now. This doesn't have anything to do with, the amount of love we have and then our intimacy together. So I'm curious, how do you and your partner then manage that piece together?
0: I, so it's interesting because initially it wasn't like a thought. It's kind of like survival mode in the really early <laughs> stages of having a baby. Right? right. So that wasn't even really a thought, but now, and then, okay. So over quarantine, I, this is what happened. And maybe people can relate to this. Even if you're a stay at home parent, maybe, um, what would happen is I was home all day with Milo. He was at a difficult age, 18 months. So it's like, you're on top of him 24 seven. Cause uh-huh. he's going to hurt himself, uh-huh. you know, putting things in his mouth, like all those things and the tantrums and we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't see friends. It was a lot. And so by the evening, I just wanted to be alone, like in my room, in the dark, watching my shows. Mm-hmm. Like I had had like sensory overload all day. And so that's often what would happen. Like I would go up to bed really early. Um, and I feel like that kind of
1: became a routine. So even- Did you after- guys talk about that in terms of like, this is what I need right now. This isn't about you. Yes. During quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important that we let our partners know, like, this is a season we're in. This is a difficult time. This isn't about you personally. It's not about our love. This is about me and my needs and the fact that I'm just touched out and overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it it wasn't an issue in quarantine. And I knew it was just, it was a temporary situation. Um, But then I think something like that becomes a routine, Uh And so it was really hard to break out of that. And I wasn't, you know, going up at 8 p.m., but now maybe I was going up at like 9 p.m. instead, like once quarantine was over and Milo was back in school. And yeah, that was my routine. Go up, get in bed early, watch my show. And so only recently, like in the last couple of weeks, I was like, "Okay, this is dumb. Like, I don't like that what I'm looking forward to during the day is to go and sit by myself. Like, why is that what I'm looking forward to? And so, yeah, I
1: had like these. So so in some ways of like, it's like, this was functional at one point, it was really working for me then, but maybe it's not what I need now. Yes. Right. Like there's a difference between needs and routine and habit.
0: Yes. Mm. And so, and that's what I was finding. I was this, this and this is all like within the last couple of weeks. Like uh-huh. I had this like breakdown before like a couple, like a week before Christmas. And I was like, oh my God, everything sucks. Like I, this is not working. And it was, uh-huh. you know, I was too focused on like, my phone and like checking TikTok, checking Instagram. And it's like, why? Like you're not missing anything. It doesn't right. matter. Right. And so I really just had, I was barely on social media for like three or four days. And I was just thinking, and I'm like, there's so many things that I want to change. Like, mm. I don't want, I need to be focused on what I'm doing during the day. I need to spend quality time with my husband because I don't, this routine, even though I look forward to it and I'm like, ah, like relaxing by myself and my room, obviously it's not working for me anymore and it's not making me happy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we just like flipped everything around. Now we're trying to, you know, have dinners together so that we're actually like yesterday we had, we sat down, had dinner together and we're
1: like talking,
0: you know, like, (laughs) wow, what a concept. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And sometimes we get stuck in that though, right? We get stuck in the survival and kind of the two ships passing in a night, just because that is what we needed initially. And then we kind of stay stuck there. And it is about saying, okay, what can we shift? Uh, And then making that change. I strongly recommend couples eat a meal a day together to find some way to do that, right? That it's it's a really good connection point to not have our phones on the table or volumes on if we can during a certain period of time just to rebuild that connection.
0: Yeah, that was my other thing was when Milo comes home from school, I don't want us to have our phones, mm-hmm. um, which is difficult for me because, you know, I story my days. Yes. Yeah. So that was the one thing. It was like, if I want a story quickly, like while we're having dinner or like Milo playing with the dogs, like I'm going to do that, but then that's it. Like, yeah,
1: yeah so it's so I, yeah. I I appreciate you normalizing that Renee I think a lot of people will relate to that and kind of ask themselves how is this working for me our phones are addictive and it's mm-hmm. it's this very much an easy draw inwards into it but then we're missing what's around us missing that connection and when I think of that sleep piece I had this conversation with clients recently too that sleeping in separate rooms it 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 depends on why you're doing it, right? So are are you doing it as a punishment to each other or because you're having a fight or you're angry at each other? Um, But, or are you doing it because you do want to have a loving and healthy relationship and you do care about each other and being rested means that the next day, if your partner, you know, my example I like to use is, if he leaves his sock on the floor, right? I'll have to pick up his socks again. If I'm tired, I'm going to be irritable. I'm going to be more short and frustrated and critical. But if I'm rested, I can say, "Oh, look, the sock, I'll just pick it up. Here we go, put in the bin again, right? And move yeah. on. So hundred
0: percent. And you know what? It's interesting that you say that because just in the last week where I've made these changes, or we have in the house, it's and I forget who I was explaining this to maybe it was my husband um but I was like your your thoughts throughout the day are different so I'm not irritated and annoyed at something small that my husband did I'm like oh he's the best like we're you know like yeah. look we're such good parents like I'm excited for him to come home maybe I should see if he can go for lunch today Because we spent last night together cuddling and watching our show and like giving each other kisses and stuff instead of, you know, at 9 p.m. I'm going to rush up to my room and
1: sit by myself. Um, Connection builds more connection, right? We start to feel good when we nurture that part.
0: Yes. And it changes your thought patterns. Mm -hmm. Um, A a quote, and I'm not going to say it perfectly, but I'll just give you the gist of it from the Matthew McConaughey um autobiography. Yes, yeah. He was he made this point and I was I'll never forget it and he was like today I made love to my wife and he said not because I wanted to but because I know that making love to my wife today is going to make the wine tonight taste better, is going to enhance our conversation this evening. Is going to, you know, and it was I was like wow, this is amazing. It, yes. It's right. like these behavioral changes will change the future and it rolls into your thought process mm-hmm. and enhancing your future interactions. I love it.
1: Yeah. It's this, it's this idea of making choices. And I hear this from a lot of, most of my followers are women. So I hear this from the women in my community of why should I have to change? Why do I have to do this? Why should I initiate this when my partner is not doing any of it? And I always like to ask the question of, well, how would you feel putting your head on the pillow at the end of the day, when you act in alignment with what's important to you? So if your relationships are important to you, act as if you are connected, act as if you feel close. Would which is, you know, something simple. This morning I poured the coffee and added the cream and brought it to my partner, right? Like it's a small gesture that doesn't take much effort, but it's going to lead to all of the other good feelings during the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's that way with relationships and it's that way with yourself as well. Mm, like so changes, true. What's in, like when you said what's important to me. Yeah. Well, it's important to me that I'm like active, but for some yeah. reason, I was not doing that at all. And so making that small change, it's like keeping these promise, promises to yourself and doing things that matter to you. And mm. it just changes your, your whole mental, you know, your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm thinking about, again, that piece of, okay, so sleep is important. We're going to sleep in separate rooms. Then let's find some ways that we we do the bridging again, right? How do we connect then? How do we have a connection point in the morning? How do we have a connection point in the evening before then we separate? And then also too, how do we prioritize intimacy and sex in those moments? Um, because again, I mean, I I actually recommend to people, don't save sex to the end of the day. Nobody has energy at 10, 30 p.m. when you've you know washed off everything and you're scrubbing on your face cream, right? Like it's perhaps not the time where you feel the most sexy or have energy to do it. So we don't have to link sex and bed sleeping together. We can keep them separate.
0: Yeah, I wrote this post a little while ago about like relationship compassion because I feel like after having kids a lot of people have less intimate moments, which mm-hmm. I think is totally normal
1: yes. um and less compassion for each other.
0: Yes yeah and I think people look at what their relationship was before having kids and you know maybe how often they were intimate and then they compare what their relationship is now to that. And so it's frustrating. Um, but you have to look at what stage of life are you in currently and mm-hmm. have a little bit of compassion for yourself, for your partner and for your relationship, because it's not yes. going to be the same as it was before. Right. So do we have less intimate moments? 100%, especially with, you know, the pandemic and with COVID because, there's less opportunity for us to like go on dates, to have my mom come babysit and get a Mm -hmm. hotel room or, you know, make these special date nights. So yeah, it's been difficult. And especially with my husband's job, he's on call a lot. So he, you know, many evenings he is at the hospital and yeah, that's, I, I used to say like, often we would be intimate when Milo would nap. Milo used to have these like glorious three hour naps during the (laughs) afternoon. Uh, but now that's not a thing. He doesn't nap anymore. So it is difficult to find the time, but yeah, I recommend that you do it not in the late, late evening, but like Right after the kid goes to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I sat with Heidi Murkoff on her What to Expect podcast, and she shared the story that she used to tell the kids that they're doing laundry. And so the kids knew not to go into the laundry room because they were doing laundry together. (laughs) And I thought, you know, special laundry, special laundry, right? But hey, whatever works to be able to put sex into your relationship, because it is important. This is another hang up that we often um, get stuck on. I, I get a lot of DMs around this one of the, well, we can't get a babysitter. We don't get to go out for dinner. We don't get the weekends away. And it's very much that all or nothing thinking around what it means to date your partner again and it's like trying to find the gray areas the special moments the you know getting out a board game or we picked up i can't remember the game exploding kittens maybe <laughs> it's a card game okay. and you know even when the kids were having their playtime after dinner we would get out the cards and sit there together we weren't distracted by tv or phones and then we would just go back and forth and who would win and it would feel it would feed that sense of connection together in a time where we're not going to hotels. We're not having a vacation away from the kids. We are not having regular date nights.
0: Yeah. It's focusing on the little things Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, the bigger getaway from the house completely. Um, I actually bought my husband a puzzle for Christmas and he's like, you got me a puzzle. I'm like, yeah, I want us to start doing puzzles.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> and did He's you like, start?
0: No, not yet, but <laughs> he was like, uh, okay. But yeah, get, get puzzles. My my sister and her fiance do puzzles now, and it's just something to do in the evenings. We yeah. like we try and find um TV series like that we're both interested in that we can, you know, look forward to watching together. And yeah, a big thing also with not having the phone in the evening, that I've noticed is we sit down to watch a show together. And when it's a commercial, I'm not picking up my phone
1: mm-hmm.
0: and checking Instagram. Right. I'm talking to my husband. I'm like kissing him. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is what we're doing, it's I'm not picking up my phone. But that's what used to happen. Like, oh, it's a commercial. Okay. I'm gonna pick up my phone. Right. Like right. it's which is the yeah.
1: it's the small acts of disconnection right that yes you're on one screen and then you turn into your own world and yeah that can just lead us to feel so lonely and isolated yeah something that we need so, to shift
0: yeah the um activities in the home I know a couple um this family tree Alex and Shane they do regular date nights where like they after the kids go to bed, they order in Uber Eats. They, Uh you know, have a special wine that they're going to open, whatever it might be. And I was like, I love that. That's, you know, making a plan. And that's what I figured out with us is like, these things are not just going to happen. You need to physically look for a babysitter. You need to plan out a date night. You need to plan it out. It's not just going to happen. And I think that's,
1: you just get into a routine and. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's the kind of putting the motivation beforehand, right? You think when I when I feel like it, I will do it. And the truth is that we need to do the things. And then you will start like feeling like doing the things afterwards, right? It's the classic gym example. No one wants to go to the gym. No one wants to put their running shoes on and be like, oh, I can't wait to run in the same spot on a treadmill. But then afterwards, nobody rarely do people say, Oh, I regret going for that walk. I regret Mm -hmm. doing those things. I regret you know, whatever it is, but it, it is the, don't wait for motivation. Don't wait for something outside of you to change. You get to make those choices.
0: Yeah. It's the same with sex. Like if we go a long period without having sex and then we have sex, we're like, we should do this more often. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, we should. That's such a common thing, right? Afterwards yeah. of like, oh yeah, this was good. This this just yeah. did, didn't take that. It wasn't that hard. We like this. We should do it good more. <laughs> yeah. Renee, thank you so much for sitting with me today and talking about this conversation. I just know so many people are going to connect to Prioritizing their sleep, making the decision to sleep in separate beds, which is common, and to really take away the shame from that. Okay. Eh? That like, yeah, this is what people are doing. And it doesn't. I mean- should point
0: out that back in the day, so the whole I looked into like the history of why couples sleep in the same bed. Yes. And so Initially entire families slept in the same bed together just out of necessity like financially beds were for expensive warmth. for warmth for uh-huh. security. Yeah. Um and then kings and queens were the ones that had separate bedrooms.
1: Yes, that's right. What we see on the crown, right? That we uh-huh. see Queen Victoria in her separate room and so it was a status symbol.
0: Yes, like mm-hmm. I can sleep by myself, and so if you guys sleep separately, just know that you're a queen.
1: That's my... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm right. like, I am a queen. <laughs> and, and also, too, I, I, I did a bit of reading as well, and part of that then was around the sexual revolution, right? That if you're sleeping in the same bed, then you're having great, passionate, frequent sex, right? Which,
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Again, it's not. That's not really what this is about. We can still and have, also, we have two things.
0: The The one thing also that I will say is people look at couples, you know, there's a stigma. Like if you're not sleeping in the same bed, you're not happy, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of couples that do sleep in the same bed and they don't have good relationships. Like sleeping in the same bed physically overnight does not make a good relationship.
1: No, it doesn't. Yeah. And the research around that actually, so there is no research to say that your connection is worse if you do not share a bed. There's no mm-hmm. research showing that. Um, we also know that correlational research is tough, right? Because you can find correlations between, you know, the type of cheese you eat and the moon cycle. Um, mm-hmm. But there is an, There is a, a correlation that has shown that if you have in, incompatible sleep schedules, that that's related to relationship difficulties. And I do believe that, right? So if one person mm-hmm. is more of an owl, the other person prefers to, to get up early, um, you're going to struggle a bit more in terms of connection in terms of spending time together, but we can navigate that by doing things for each other, by compromising around what activities and tasks are done. It doesn't have to be this, you know, we're mismatched. So there's no hope for us.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. We're mismatched and we're fine. So
1: it takes good communication skills and connection, (laughs) which is what you have shared today, Renee, just this idea of prioritizing connection. It doesn't have anything to do with sleeping in the same bed or not? No, for sure. So where can people find you?
0: Yes. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Um, my handle or my name now is at Renee Rena with the little underscore thing. Um, and then the podcast is called the mom room podcast. And I talk about all kinds of things and have amazing guests. If you want to hear my episode with Tracy, it's episode um, 67 and it's all about resentment. And yeah, it's one of the most popular episodes. Is it really?
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was such a good episode. We had a great conversation Mm -hmm. around resentment. I'll put all of the links in the show notes so people can find it easily. Renee, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. Until next time, take good care of you and remember, you are right where you need to be. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in